God didn't want Terah to go on to Canaan um, because we learn in Joshua 24 that Terah served other gods. So, um, and at this point, we hear God call Abram and make a covenant with him, a two-way promise that he will be the father of a great nation. <laughs> I did it. I said, I said um, we're talking about accents, and I said if I slip into it, I say father. Um, me father. Um, he will be a father of a great nation. Um, I guess after God seeing people repeatedly um, rebelling, he selected one man to be the father of that one nation that he primarily dealt with up until the death of Jesus. Now, Abram's name was changed at that point from Abram, which meant exalted father, to Abraham, which meant the father of a great number. And Sarah, with an I, was changed from that, which meant my princess, to Sarah, with an H, which means princess. Remember that, Andrew. Um, we could go on recapping the many events in Abraham's life for many hours, um, but what can we learn about God's character that comes out in Abraham? Okay, from now on, I'm going to call him Abraham, whether he was Abraham or Abraham, because um, it's just a little bit easier. Um, well, the first thing that struck me was that God is in it for the long haul. Um, he is a faithful God. God had a plan for Abraham and was faithful to him. Abraham, in return, was faithful to God. He had a few slip-ups, but he was faithful. God had a plan for Abraham. He was just, Abraham was justified by God because of his faith, not because of what he did. Because Abraham, as we said, made mistakes. And since he lied twice about Sarah not being his wife to protect himself, once in Egypt and once to the king Abimelech. He agreed to sleep with Hagar to have an heir instead of trusting God's promise to him through Sarah. And Sarah, she was also faithful. Again, she made mistakes. She tried to force the issue instead of waiting for God's time. We all do that sometimes. Um, she persuaded Abraham to sleep with Hagar for an heir. And God recognized her faithfulness and made her the mother of a great nation. We read last week in Hebrews 11, and it says, um, And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children, because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. We will make mistakes. We do make mistakes. But if we keep our faith in God through Jesus Christ, God will remain faithful. It is through our faith in Jesus Christ that we are saved, not anything we do. Okay, secondly, um, unselfishness. Abraham showed great unselfishness. Um, we see in chapter 13, where we read, 
um, and quarreling arose between Abraham, Abraham's herders and lots. The Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land at that time. So Abraham said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. So Abraham gave Lot the choice of the lands, even though Abraham was the elder of their family. And so he had all the rights, but he put Lot first. He allowed Lot to make that choice. And Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan towards Zoar was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. So Lot chose for himself a whole plain of Jordan and set out towards the east, and the two men parted company. Again, in chapter 14, Abraham hears that Lot has been taken captive after a war in the area he was, and he heads off and defeats the four kings who had taken Lot. Um, The king... Um, whose people and stuff was taken, the king of Sodom, offers Abraham all the goods that Abraham had recovered. But Abraham says, But Abraham said to the king of Sodom, With raised hands I have sworn an oath to the Lord God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or the strap of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say, I made Abraham rich. Um, It would have been very easy for Abraham to accept all those good things, all those those things that were um, recovered from the other kings. But he he unselfishly um, remembers his promise to God and, and says that he will not take these things. Um... And then we move on into chapter 22, where um, God tells Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, the only child from his beloved Sarah. And it would break the lineage, that promise that God had made. But Abraham unselfishly obeys. Incredible thing to do. I'm I'm sure I, I wouldn't have been able to do that. But he's ready to sacrifice Isaac, but God provides a ram for the sacrifice. He sees, he sees Abraham's faithfulness, his unselfishness, and he provides a ram so that Isaac can live. Well, talk about unsafe, unselfishness, um, but what about when Abraham was in Egypt, I hear you say? But, um, Thank you. Where he tells a lie, come half truth about Sarah being his sister to protect himself. And when he sleeps with Hagar, because he doesn't think Sarah will provide an heir, selfishness creeps in. I want you to notice that when he is close to God, when he is, when he is following God closely and, and obeying him, he is unselfish. When he moves away from God's plan and starts to think that, you know, 
it, what will suit him, that's when selfishness creeps in. So we need to stay close to God. Stay in God's plan. When he, when he is asked to sacrifice Isaac, this is a real picture of God's unselfishness. As we immediately think about God providing his only son, Jesus Christ, to be a sacrifice for us all. Point three. I'm not going to say my last point because it's normally three points, but I've got more today. <laughs> um, persevering prayer. I love this exchange in chapter 18 between God and Abraham. Verse 23. Then Abraham approached him, approached God and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? As God's talking about destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and he says, What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of 50 <coughs> righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of the, all the earth do right? The Lord said, If I find fifty righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous people is five less than fifty? Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five people? God says, if I find forty-five there, I will not destroy it. And this goes on, and eventually he gets down to twenty and ten. What if only can ten be found there? For the sake of ten, God says, I will not destroy it. Abraham doesn't give up. He keeps talking to God. He keeps praying. Um, real um, lesson for us there, not to give up in our prayer life. Keep praying. We might not see the answers we want. It might seem miles away, but keep praying. Reminds a little bit about um, uh, Genesis 32, where Jacob wrestles for God. Um, Jacob doesn't want to let go. He keeps wrestling. He keeps. He wants this. He wants to make this thing with God work. But God doesn't give up on us. He wants to have a living relationship with us through Jesus Christ. And we are told in Romans eight that Jesus is sat at the right hand of God, interceding for us. He is still praying for us. Even now, God and Jesus keep praying. We should keep praying. Keep seeking God's will and asking him to bless those we love. And finally, worship. Um, Abraham was continually giving worship to God. Abraham travelled through the land of as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem, we read in chapter 12. At that time the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So Abraham built an altar there to the Lord, 
who had appeared to him. And then from there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. And then in chapter 13, So Abram went to live near the great cheese of Mamre at Hebron, where he pitched his tents. There he built an altar to the Lord. He keeps building altars to the Lord. How important it is to worship. Um, it's not just singing. Worship, as we said before quite often, it's not just singing to God, although that is a great blessing. Um, it's a great illustration, the altar, because we sacrifice our lives, our whole lives. Everything we do, um, we give to God and we dedicate our lives to his service. Um, the prayer that Jesus left us starts off, hallowed be your name, talking about God. Hallowed means sacred, holy, separate. God is all these things. He is a great God, and we should worship him. As we talk to God, Let's start off by acknowledging that he is the great I am. And remember that God is light and darkness cannot exist in the light. So when we are in God's presence, there is no darkness. 1 John 1 sums this up. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. God has a plan for our lives. And as we draw close to him, we will naturally exhibit his characteristics and he will guide us through our lives. As we've been talking this morning, we're thinking of Abraham and Sarah and how God worked through them and guided them. So let's remember them. And there might seem these great biblical patriarchs who um, we think of as, as special. But they're just like you and me. They're human beings who God used. And we can be, hum we are human beings and God can use us. So let's close our service with that great hymn and remember that God is there. He has a plan for us. Let's sing. Guide me, O thou great Redeemer.